beginning of the 12th chapter of Luke, Jesus tells five stories. Bam, 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 bam. The first one is a rich old guy who has a great crop. And he has so much of this crop that he says, I'm going to tear down my barns. And I'm going to build bigger barns and store up, and I am going to tell my soul, we've got it great. And then God comes that night and says, you fool, you're going to have a coronary tonight. Now who will enjoy your crops? Second story is of a rich man who dressed in purple, which is the symbol and the color of wealth. And he dined sumptuously every day. I love that line, he dined sumptuously. I want to be this guy. He dined sumptuously. And outside his gate was this poor man, Lazarus, who has nothing to eat and the dogs lick his wounds. You know, it's a, it's a lovely, lovely story. And then the man dies. Are you getting the theme here? And he goes, and he's in, he's in what's, he's in the land of the dead. It says kind of Hades. People think hell. It's not Jewish, okay? It's just the land of the dead. If, if you were going to do this theatrically, you would be on an empty stage. It would be dark. There would be dry ice. There would be fog coming across. Think Ebenezer Scrooge and the last, you know, when, you know, the last spirit shows up, okay? That's theatrically, that's what's happening here. And he says, I'm in torment. Send Lazarus to me. So obviously he's seen the poor man outside his gate every day. Send Lazarus to wet his finger so that it can touch my tongue and relieve. God says, it's too late. You're already dead. Third story is a rich young ruler and a rich young man, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus responds, as he always responds. And how was that? Oh, I did. I'm asking questions, aren't I? I broke my promise. I do that a lot. I don't do guilt for myself or for others, so there it is. He says, okay, so I won't ask a question. He says, well, you know, the law says to honor your father and mother, to don't steal, don't kill, don't lie. You know, basically the big ten. And Jesus says, well done. Good. Do that and you will live. And the man says, but you know, there's still an ache. There's still something inside and there's still something missing. And Jesus says, oh, that, yeah. You have another problem. Okay, so what, what you do is just sell all you have, give it to the poor, and, and come and follow me. And the man walks away sad because it said he had many possessions. The man was asked to give up everything, but he can't do it because he has everything. Or is it the other way around, that everything has him? The next story is um, Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Zacchaeus climbs a tree. He's a tax collector. Who are the tax collectors? They're the people who collect taxes for the occupying force of Rome. They collect coins that have the emperor's image on it that says, Son of God. Okay? He is a pariah. He's a social pariah. No one wants to be with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is looking down at Jesus. Jesus looks up and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Zacchaeus is so excited that he goes, he says, I'm going to sell, I'm going to give away half of everything I own 
not a third, not a quarter, not even 10%. Half, give it away to those in need, and if I've defrauded anybody, I will repay them fourfold. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. The last story is the woman with the widow's mite. Remember the two little tiny coins? These are called the lepta coin. These coins are so valueless that they don't have an inscription on them. They don't bear an inscription, and no one bothers to counterfeit them because it's not worth it. It's like no one counterfeits a penny. It would cost you way too much money to counterfeit a penny. And Jesus looks at the woman and says, you know, she gave more than all of these guys who were huge givers. She has given more out of her lack than they have given in their abundance. She is blessed. Five stories, bam, 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 bam. In the middle is this line, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Do these stories have any meaning for us today? In a world where 10% of Americans are unemployed, where a million families a year are losing their homes to foreclosure, where a million families a year are declaring bankruptcy because of their bills to doctors and to hospitals, to, to credit card companies, where people are having to decide this month, am I going to eat or am I going to get my medication? Does it have anything to say to us? Does it? Now I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying dip into your 401k, I'm not saying don't take care of your family, I'm not saying any of that. Jesus said, be wise as serpents, be innocent as doves. There's no gift being a burden to everyone else. But from what we have, where do we look and where do we give? Two modern day stories. This is a theologian in Europe, in, in Britain. His name was Dr. Farmer, and he came back from a hard day at work, and he came back from a rectory, and he had just put on his tea to boil by the fire, that's because that's what the British do, they have their tea. And then the doorbell rang, and he went and answered the door, and there was this woman, she was an older woman, that was, she was nearly blind with this, you know, the Coke bottle glasses, the old glasses that were like this thick, and on her arm was a small, pasty boy, about 12, who was helping her there, and they were trying to sell something, and, and, and started with their story of, of, of their kind of situation, and he just said, let me stop you here. I'm not interested. I don't want to waste your time. Don't waste mine. Thank you, but no thank you. And the boy said, come on, Mom. And when he got to the gate, he turned around, and Dr. Farmer says that he looked at me with pure hatred in his eyes. He says, I went into my house, and I no longer felt any desire for tea. And I fell on my knees and said, forgive me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. The other story is a, a PR guy in New York, who I know, who the minister inspired him the next day on a Sunday sermon, and he bought five breakfasts and in bags. And he went down the alley, went in basically Times Square, and he met a homeless guy, and he handed him the bag of breakfast. 
And he said, God bless you. And the man opened the bag and he smelled the coffee and he smelled the bacon, the, the sausage and the eggs. And he looked at the man with tears and he wrapped his arms around him and just held him awkwardly for like a minute. My friend said, you know, I felt the best I'd felt in four months. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the man who keeps everything and feels the need to fall on his knees and ask for forgiveness? Or do you want to be the man who, whose heart leapt with joy because he, a simple meal? Who do you think Jesus blessed? Stewardship is not, thank you for your message today, Doug. Stewardship is not about guilt. There's nothing I can say to make you give out of guilt, and I don't want to. And I'm not going to make some phony promise that if you give, the Lord will give you back tenfold. If you haven't discovered that already, what I say won't convince you. But what I do know is that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if we lock our treasure away, we lock our hearts away, and we will always feel empty. And the sad truth, the enabling truth of the church is that we don't want to tell you this because we're afraid you will think we just want you for your money and you'll leave. But when we do that, all we do is enabling behavior to make you feel empty and hopeless for when you come here. You come for a little fellowship, a little hope, a little truth. There are very few places that will tell you the story that we just told today. They don't want to tell you the truth. This is one of them. And this is a church that I am proud to invite people to attend. Why? Because here you will find love. Here you will find spirit. Here you will find acceptance, as long as you're willing to accept others. I'm not a consistent liberal. A consistent liberal accepts everybody, but if you're not willing to accept others, then, I, then, then you need to go somewhere else. There's lots of places out there that do that. Here we accept those who embrace everybody. Who do you want to be? When you consider your pledge card, think about those stories. Jesus says, what we do with what we have have consequences. They do. And if you look at those stories, you realize, wow. I was, and I got to tell you, when I went through college and I said, I'm broke, and also I, I put $5 in the plate on a good day. And then I got my first church, and my wife had been a pastor for a long time, and suddenly I had this really nice paycheck. Like, woohoo! And I said, so what do I need to fill out my pledge for? And Mary said, you need to tithe. I was like, <gasps> I mean, like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And the truth is, I didn't miss it. I really didn't. When you give the first fruits, if you try to wait to the end, it'll never be there. I guarantee you, I love the line, give to God what's right, not what's left. 
Because if you wait to give God what's left, there ain't anything left. So you give the first fruits, and then you work with the other 90%. And if you do that, you'll find you will have enough. You really will. And that is good news, actually. Amen. Amen.